Hello everybody, Tom Oglesby in the FM 98.3 KCRD Studios. This is the Chatter Podcast with Colleen Pasnick and Mark Hager. And we are beginning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, Almost gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is episode 31. They haven't caught on to us yet, Mark. We're recording this on the Feast of St. Peter Damien, is that right, Colleen? Uh, According to the new calendar. Monday, February 21st in the uh, year of our Lord, 2022. And we got some headlines to start out. Uh, What what do you got, Mark? You got some good stuff? Well, I want to actually start with two good stories tonight, if if you don't mind. I mean, why not start out on a positive note? The listeners won't know what to say. I know, and then we'll go downhill from there. And uh, What do you got? Thank God we got a bunker here, so... The two good stories are um, uh, Bill Fry from St. Columkill's has secured for the St. Columkill Knights of Columbus another 2,500 rosaries that we're going to send out to Deacon Dave, Deacon Dave Lamar in Ames, Iowa. Now, we've been sending him basically thousands of rosaries over the last couple of years. What's he but, doing uh, with them? Well, here's, here's the, I, I went through his email list that he sent me over the last uh, about a year and a half, actually. The rosaries have gone to Mexico, Ireland, Scotland, France, India, Sierra Leone, Guyana, Australia, Haiti, El Salvador, Vietnam, South America, Eastern Europe, Wow! Spain, Texas, New York, Kentucky, and Guatemala. That's amazing. From Ames, Iowa? That's amazing. It's his mission to spread the word, spread the rosary. What's the guy's name? Deacon who? Dave Lamar, and he's with the council out in Ames. That's... The Dubuque Archdiocese on the very fringe, right? It is. It is. Wow. Praise and, God. Yeah. And then he's also uh, started uh, putting the rosaries and how to pray the rosary pamphlets in some of the area churches out there, and he hopes to expand that area. So for all the Catholics that don't know how to pray the rosary, just let us know, and we'll get you one. We should say and, that louder here, because we have, uh, from the very same guy, Bill Fry. Uh, when was that? November, December, when we got reloaded, Mark, with right. yeah. not hundreds, yeah. but thousands of uh, rosaries. I got yeah. a question here. I, I, have they been blessed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Yes. But a woman so. came in the uh, storage garage and looked at them and said, have these been blessed because I'm going to the streets with them here. So I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think they were. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. wonderful? That is. That is really So anybody cool. needs a rosary, uh, call us at 563-231-3545 or go on the KCRD uh, website or call Mark. He'll get a hold of us. Yep. There you go. What a great story, Colleen. Yeah. That's a great story. I wonder how many families pray the family rosary. What do you think? Not enough. Uh, not enough. Yeah, exactly. D- I mean, yeah. do any families? Yeah, I do. I, I run into a, uh, a surprising number um, in any given month of um, families who are proud to admit that they pray the rosary. Maybe not every day, but they're, you know, they're, they're doing it. 
you know, Lent's coming up in not, the not-too-distant future. And our family used to pray the rosary every night after supper during Lent only. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, everybody kneeling down, your face in, a, in an upholstered chair or couch. <laughs> Never forget that smell, do you? That's for sure. <laughs> and they all smell the same. I didn't, you know, yeah. How'd that work out? Because <laughs> we all ate the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as kids, we hated it, yeah. right? The days are getting longer and warmer, and you want to be outside. And what do you I mean? Can remember, I can remember mom and dad getting us together and praying the rosary, and I don't know when. I Maybe it was Lent. Seems plausible. Yeah. So that's something for people to think about. Lent's coming up right around the corner. Yes. Sexta Majesima. It was this past yeah. Sunday. Yeah which means 60 days till Easter. So it's like the run-up, the stretching exercises to Lent, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe people want to consider praying the family rosary during Lent. And the other thing that they could do is actually make an hour at the Adoration Chapel, either the one Oh, next please. Week. Oh, please. We- I mean, that was one of the goals that we were going trying to do is work with the parishes to see if they would put in a letter about doing an hour during Lent at the Adoration Chapel. Do you know this book, Mark? Colleen, you know yep. this book yep. here. In Sinu, do I say that right? Mm-hmm. Sinu Yezu, a good friend of ours. All of you listeners would know this priest that gave this book to me, and I won't disclose it. It was a personal gift from a good good priest. You all know him. Every one of you know him. But I'm in chapel the other night at uh, midnight, and this comes up, Mark. And we're gonna, you and I are going to record this uh, so this is this book is essentially a diary of a priest who goes to Eucharistic adoration and Jesus Christ talks to him, and this this uh, talk that of Friday, January twenty seventh of two thousand twelve, we're going to record this. This is this brought tears to my eyes as I'm reading what Christ said to this priest, and these things happen in here. He, this this passage, Christ is calling priests, not just the laity, he's calling priests. To go to Eucharistic adoration, Colleen. Um, Who among my priests will survive the tribulation that is coming? Only those who have listened to my plea for priest adorers, for priest reparators, for priests who will allow me to befriend them and who will give me their time, their minds, and their hearts in the essential work of adoration. That's one sentence out of two pages that we're going to record and put on the air here. To your point... Not only do we need the laity in the chapel, Colleen, we need priests in the, we do in need the Eucharistic priests. Adoration Chapel. And I have chapels. seen some priests in the chapel every now and then, and I've seen some seminarians in there too, and that's uh, promising. Yeah. I just heard today about a, one of the fairly newly ordained within the past five years. He makes a holy hour every day. Wow. Every day. There's a lot of hope among the young priests out there. Praise God for that. Yeah. We are blessed with some... We don't have many, but we have quality. We have high-quality priests coming into this archdiocese. Yeah. What good news. What else you got? The other good news story was the, uh, the benefit that uh, St. Anthony's basically had put together to raise money to help Mary's Inn. And what a success story that turned out to be. Um, they raised, uh, I mean, and there were so many people involved in this, but the community and everything else, the women, they, they made quilts and stuff to put in baskets and stuff. But when all was said and done, they raised $53,000 for Mary's Inn. 
And I mean, there wow. was there was a lot of work put into it. But I tell you what, we look all, who's smiling over here. We all enjoyed it, and we know that the benefits that St. Mary's that uh, Mary's Inn has in this community is amazing. I mean, it's just when did that happen, Mark? It was uh, in October twenty fourth, out at the fairgrounds, and it was the rainiest, mm. coldest, windiest yeah. <laughs> October twenty fourth in history. I think. I yeah. think so. <clears throat> yeah, but, but it was the Knights did an amazing job. Is this an annual yeah. event, Colleen? Uh, no, no, the Knights at uh, St. Anthony's, I believe it's every yeah. other year, would do a, an auction fundraiser like this, and they would always pick a different recipient. But they said to us, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago now, we want to have Mary's in as the recipient. And then, of course, it got canceled in 2020, like everything else, so they postponed it a year. Right. So they picked the recipient. Mm-hmm. We normally Good. do our denim and lace in the fall, but they did this one for us this year. Yeah, wow, so I, I credit Lee Baumhofer over oh there goodness. and uh, Dave Ayers and Mary Jo. I mean, I, every, there was a lot of people. Jim Hankos, they were all involved in this thing. But mm-hmm. Lee was the really the spearhead of this whole thing. And I'll tell you what, he did a great job. And like, a, like you said, it, it could have been a better day, but, uh, you know, weather-wise. But... To come out with it, you know, at the end with that kind of money, it's it's awesome. And we just know you guys do great work over there. Well, so. the Knights have been wonderful and very supportive of Mary's Inn. Um, I don't know how it goes around the state, but I think we have some awesome Knights councils in town. I don't know how they compare yeah. to the rest of the state. But and a while ago, didn't I hear that Loris College won some national award for having the most number of college-age Knights at their oh. council? I thought I'd heard that maybe 10 years ago. Oh, that could be. They yeah. won the, yeah. yeah. So, could be, yeah. Knights are awesome. There's such a culture of Catholicism in Dubuque. Yeah, there really is, and it needs to be nurtured. It needs to be nurtured. What did well, you say, Mark? Uh, we cut a spot a while ago. There were a thousand. A thousand Knights in, here in Dubuque. Between and, what, and, six councils? Uh, yes, six yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, it'd be nice if we could keep growing the way we did for a few years there and stuff but i think the whole covid thing and in fact we actually got one of our new knights um and i'll mention his name kirk frederick uh became a knight with us because and then i asked him point blank i said why did you want to join our council and he said because i used to do a lot of volunteer work and during covid i found myself not doing anything and he said then after COVID, really, the last six months, he said, nobody's doing anything anymore. Not so with so the Knights. He said, not, and I said, not so with us. And he said, I know. I keep seeing and hearing you guys what you're all doing. And he said, I want to be involved. So he's been helping out with the St. Pat's meals and things like that, coming to meetings and stuff. So Speaking of that, is there a St. Pat's meal coming up, I thought, on the calendar, or did I miss it? You missed it. Oh. <laughs> you missed it. Strike that it from the rough. minutes. So... <laughs> March 30th is our next one. Oh, (laughs) of course. (laughs) I knew it was coming. Yeah. What else you got, Mark? You you out of headlines? (laughs) Well, those were the two good stories that I had. Um, Now to kind of go down the other road. Bring us back to reality. Yeah, bring us back to the reality. I I just, this one floored us, and I I think your comment said it pretty well as well, Colleen, but Biden appoints a non-binary drag queen to his Department of Energy. And I, I just reading the story just upset me, but looking at the pictures really upset me. And I don't know why he's doing this. I, I don't know if it's because he's trying to be this all-inclusive president to bring in people like that. I don't know. I mean, maybe the guy's got some good qualities or whatever, but 
the outfits that he wears and stuff, it just, I mean, it, it was scary. And I'm thinking, okay, so this guy's going to be going into to his office? How? How's he going to dress? And what are they, you know, I mean, they, they don't call him he or, you know, he can't. So it's them or they or whatever whatever I, his preferred pronouns yeah are. and i'm just you know i'm just i'm confused by all this stuff i can't imagine this is tyranny it is tyranny and to put a person who's confused about who they are and who what they, they are, are in charge of the department of energy in the nuclear department <laughs> that's frightening yeah it is yeah. that's frightening yeah, yeah. I, I like i said it just government is not a plaything. it is not a participation trophy no, and we hear, I mean, you hear it on the radio all the time, all these other talk show hosts that are saying what what the military, what the generals and these guys are doing with this whole woke thing is scary in itself. I mean, kicking these guys out, you know, these SEALs and Navy people and everything out because they didn't get the jab and stuff. But the other thing is indoctrinating them into... This woke theory stuff is, is kind of crazy. It, um, it is crazy when you know other countries are not doing that. Right. So then we're going to have a military yeah. that's been yeah. neutered, for the lack yeah. of a better word, yeah. going to fight armies that are training and disciplining and, you know, honing themselves to be true warriors. And they come up against us with our confused gender. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think there's a bright spot in here. Good. I think the bright spot is you're talking about the woke culture here, which is you know becoming more mainstream in the urban dictionary. People are not going to put up with this. It's 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 coming in. Evil always lurks in the darkness, and the light uh, is beginning to shine on this. And people, ordinary people, are are um, coming to find out that this is just crazy. This is insanity. Do you think they've overplayed their hand? They've, they've overplayed to the extent that we are winning. The, um, the, the way to combat the darkness is to continually uh, talk about, I hate to say preach, but talk about the truth. You and I have talked about this many times. Colleen and Mark, you just said, all right, I'm going from some happy news, some good news, to some, some craziness. It, it's not craziness. We're not, we're not bringing this out. We're, we're doing this purposefully to shine a light on the craziness because this is the truth. Um, these people that are, that are portraying this are, are nuts. For, uh, you know, first of all, uh, our president should be held accountable for such a grievous error in judgment. If he was the one that appointed. Right. So it's, it's, it's crazy. It serves not our country. It serves not our people. And certainly doesn't prove this, uh, this individual who is, is uh, confused, the, yeah. confused or misguided. Yeah. And, you know, you had mentioned about speaking the truth, and that is important. And that's what we want to do is speak the truth in love, right? We're not judging. We're not whatever. But you should be able to have a discussion. I know lots of people are getting shut down, whether it's on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook or wherever. Or their bank account. Or their bank account, because they simply say a very basic truth, like men can't have babies. Yeah. You know, and if and if someone disagrees with that, well, then let's have a discussion and let's put forth arguments 
instead of just shutting everything down and calling names and saying, boom, we're pulling your plug, no more voice for you. We've had a generation now that doesn't think they tell you what they feel, but they won't tell you what they think. Yep. Right. And that kind of leads me real quickly into this other story that I had with the, is it the the bishop or the lady in Finland that tweeted out and he made them man and woman? Mm -hmm. And this whole thing is now, she's, she's up for prison time because that offended people. So now all of a sudden something that is written or spoke is is this will all go through the courts and they said you, you we have to watch this closely because if this happened and, and they they take her down and put her in prison because of what she wrote which is right out of the bible but it offended somebody then guess what's coming next mm-hmm. you know it's all coming over here i mean it's to the point where people are going to be afraid to say anything that may offend their neighbor, their, you know, somebody at Mark, we got 60 seconds to the break, but I got to say this about that. Thank God we have the Constitution in the United States of America that the First Amendment is freedom of speech, freedom of assembly and association, and freedom of religion. Not freedom from religion, but freedom of religion. And the rest of the world envies us for what it is that we have in in there if we don't stand up for that freedom of speech and religion then this is this is double bullseye speech and religion correct that yeah. you're speaking about because it could happen here could yeah bunch of crazies out there you're listening to the chatter with mark hager our guest this afternoon our host colleen Paznak. i'm tom oglesby we will be back after these announcements We're back. You're listening to The Chatter. This is FM 98.3 KCRD, and you can keep us forever on the KCRD podcast page with, uh, with The Chatter. Think about that, Mark. You have Love trouble it. sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> what did that crazy guy say? So we had some, um, some good news, some crazy news at the end of that. Colleen, what do you make of what's going on up in Canada? You know, you mentioned Canada in the first segment, and it just got me thinking. You know, things were happening so fast up there, it was hard to follow from one minute to the next, you know. At first it was uh, all the, first it was Trudeau says, it's just a small, far-right minority yeah, fringe, nothing to see here, right? And then he hightails it out of town, and all the trucks come in, and their supporters. And then they were honking, and then it's against the law to honk, and then there was that whole thing. And then it became, all right, everybody go home or we're going to start, um, we're going to take your dog. Remember? That was it. We're going to take your dog. Mm-hmm. If you have a dog in there, we're taking your dog. And um, and if you don't get your dog out of dog jail, well, we're either going to put him in a foster home or euthanize him. Right? We're going to, you and your pretty little dog, too. And then it was breaking windows and arresting them. And <laughs> she then it looks was... like that witch, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, uh, hey, yeah. hey. But, I mean, it was crazy. You just couldn't follow every development that was happening. And uh, and so now they've sent in the police and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Who ran over an old woman, yeah. a 90-year-old woman in a walker or wheelchair. What was it, Mark? I think it was a walker, yeah. And just, and just trounced her with a, yeah. with a Royal Canadian horse. Yeah, and, you know, the truckers, from my understanding, the truckers have been in their trucks 
They're not going out setting fires um, like the Black Lives Matter folks did that no, summer. Never, never, what, so why, why is this going on? Think, think this through. What's going on? <clears throat> so the reason um, that uh, the truckers are doing this is because the vaccine mandate now said if you are a truck driver from America and you come into Canada, you have to show proof of vaccination. And if you don't have that, you have to quarantine. And the truck driver's like, we're alone in our cab. Come on. Yeah. You know? And this is ridiculous. What do you think this is? The Super Bowl? Right? right? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of why it got all the truckers all mad because of that ma- mandate. But what? let's go back. That's, that's what's happening. Why is Trudeau responding this way? Well, I think the gauntlet has been thrown down and the world is watching to see how he reacts. Will yeah. the truckers win? Or will Trudeau win? And he's it's doubling not only, down. It's not only what will win, he's losing right now. I mean, when you have tens of thousands of truckers who have traveled the, uh, what is it, 15 or 18, you know, west to east mm-hmm. uh, in Canada, you've lost. Yeah. You've lost control. When any totalitarian government responds totalitarianly, you've lost you're, you're, you're no longer, there is no dialogue. And, and the government has forgotten that they derive their right to govern the people from the consent of the electorate. Yeah. And all he had to do was go talk to them. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing that bothers so many of us, is all he had to do was go out there and say, what's your beef? Here's your beef. Okay, let's fix this thing. And it'll be over with. But his pride... And I think that's all it is. It was pride kept him from wanting to even talk to any of them. Just, but it's more than pride, know. though, isn't it, Colleen? You're, when you are defending an indefensible position, going out and talking to someone always ends badly. Mm-hmm. You can't defend mm-hmm. the undefendable. You know, and right. I think the whole world was watching because this is a big showdown between you get a shot and we ain't going to do it. It was a big right. battle showdown between those two positions, which are happening all around the world. So think about that for it. Get a shot because we care about you and we love you, or we're going to kill you. Or we're going to kill you and run you over with a horse. And take away your bank account, your truck, and your insurance, and your private property. And your because dog. We lo- because and your we dog. love you. And yeah. give me your dog. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting to see what happened. Now, I think the latest I heard, now this is Monday in the evening, but the latest I heard is now the trucks are... Kind of, I mean, they've they've been arresting people and taking them off, and some of the trucks have turned around, and it seems to be kind of falling apart for the truckers. Did you, I, oh, go ahead. The interesting part of that whole deal was when the guy said, okay, let's leave. Then the, then Ottawa wouldn't let them leave. They oh. set up they set up all these bar or these chain link fence across every entrance oh, coming that. and going into Ottawa. And so you they couldn't get out. So therefore, they got your, they got all the information from you then before they let you out, knowing that Trudeau wants to go back now, and and charge every one of them and or take their property. That is that is t- tyrannical. I, they, yeah, they said that was it was like Europe all over again during at the mm-hmm. war, and they wouldn't let them you know come or go, and yeah. it was just they were stuck. And the you know freezing their bank, freezing their money. Their assets. That that is what the Soviet Union does. I, right. I didn't think that's what Canada did. Yeah. Well, that tells you everything you need to know about that. Right. Wow. And not only freezing their assets, 
but if you donated to the cause, they're going after you as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they are doubling down yeah. on their position. Now, I, but I don't think it's over. I, maybe this is just this little piece of hope in me, but I don't think it's over. Well, no, it's not over because they said that they were organizing in other cities now. Right. And so, so it doesn't just have to be truck drivers, right? right? Yeah. It can be regular people it can be some other well you saw the roads as they drove in there the the highways the overpasses the uh i mean this i mean right everybody was out everybody was out it lit a spark and i don't think that fire is going to go out no i think some other group will take up the cause well they've underestimated the ratio of population there's more of there's more canucks than they've realized Mm -hmm. and there's not enough dudleys isn't that who they are? The Dudley do right. Dudley do right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And if you've noticed, some of those provinces did say, "Okay, no vaccine mandate." Some of them folded. Sure. So now you've almost got a country divided, where uh, Trudeau and Ottawa is saying, "Oh no, we're not backing down on this," and you've got other provinces, provinces saying, "Oh yeah, let it go. We're we're not going to enforce that." So now you almost have a division within, like you know, the province leaders are like governors. Sure, and I've got sure. a couple of them now talking against Trudeau's plan. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And we discuss Canada because they are our um, very close ally right on our border. This isn't as, I mean, they're only a few hundred miles away from where we are right now. That's right. And if it can happen there, it can happen here. And if you don't think Mr. Trudeau has been put in a, a hot spot by somebody who put them in a good spot mm-hmm. so too with uh, with our politicians here and i think the other thing that just kind of is surprising that it happened in canada is the canadians are so nice yeah you know yeah e, yeah. they're just nice people yeah. yeah um so for the to see them rising up it's like oh boy all the people you really want in new york are in canada Yes. <laughs> I said that off loud, didn't I? <laughs> I think about that for yeah. a And uh, I think they're planning on a truck convoy in this country, aren't they? Yeah, Due good. to arrive in Washington, yeah. uh, honor about the state of the nation in March. Is that correct? That's what I've heard. Yeah. Now, I heard there was a northern route and a southern route. Is that still the plan? No. And I, I saw the southern route, which did not include the uh, People's Republic of Illinois. But did the northern route? Because the northern route, I would think, would be 80 that's what I think. Yeah, northern route would be 80, which would cut right through. Yeah, right across Chicago. and. Well, uh, so, yeah, it does. And it, I would think it, 40 yeah. might be the other one, right? Like north 30 or Texas. 40. Yeah. I think it went through north Texas and grabbed uh, Arkansas and Tennessee. Atlanta maybe. Oh, I don't think Atlanta. Uh, it was. Atlanta might be south here. but. Uh, anyway, so we'll see if that I happens. I could be talked to going to Atlanta. Yeah, this time of year. Well, actually, you know, it'd be interesting because I thought, you know, I told Donna when all this is going on, I said, you know, if they had one here, I wouldn't be opposed to going. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? You mm-hmm. know, we got to start standing up. Don't I mean, we have free us. speech in this country? Yeah, well, we do right now, you know. Except all those poor people that were. I'd the like January to see 6th. Donna running in an eighteen-wheeler out there. <laughs> Get out of my way! Exactly. <laughs> I've yeah. seen her with a shopping yeah. cart. <laughs> with the kid in it yeah i know i know know. well the kid was me that's right yeah Yeah, i was dragging my feet yeah i'm sorry say i just want to bring up something real quick um tom you and i saw this same story about 
they, there was a bill brought up in the House that could have been passed in the Senate to stop all the mandates, the Biden mandates that are on. <laughs> and, the, and the Republicans would have won because there was three... Simple majority. It needed a simple majority. Right. They, yeah. They, there was three Democrats gone. Guess what? Four of our Republicans left. And so it lost they, by they one gonna, vote. They were going to be out of town for the weekend, yeah. Colleen. Four, they, four Republican senators mysteriously took a holiday on a simple majority vote when uh, when they had it. Uh, they had it in the bag, and everybody knew it. In fact, uh, Cruz, it was, it was, Cruz was, said, you better be there. You better show up. We got this thing won. Yeah, he stood up. Oh. So it kind of makes you wonder if there really are two parties. No, yeah, no. They're, they're, it's not. Yeah. They're all getting little brown bags of money. Yeah. All getting little, and oh, yeah. nobody's above being bribed. No, I don't no. care if it's an RD behind their name. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if there's just one party and if it's the people against the politicians, yeah. the swamp. People against Changing the money. Changing soon. Yeah. Uh, folks need to uh, stand up and get, get her educated, as they say. And the other thing is, and I'll just bring this up real quick, we need to be registered or whatever we need to do, be qualified to be poll watchers. When this thing. You know, that's a great point. We should talk about that next week, Mark, and, yeah. and um, bring some data about what that entails and how people get involved. Yeah, because, so what do you mean exactly by well, a poll watcher? You're there to make sure that people have the proper ID, which in Iowa, you have to show an ID to vote. So, you know, and that's that's just one step. You, you need There's a whole process of things that they go through to make sure that the signatures are correct and, and make sure, you know, the whole identity thing is, is followed all the way through. Make sure that people know what's going on. You know, you can't tell them one way or the other, but you need to, you know, advise them about how, how the balloting works or what they're doing and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's, it's preventative, it's, yeah. but it's informative. It, exactly, yep. And there is there is a website. I think it's I'm not sure it's Iowa or Dubuque, but there is a website where you can go on and, and get like pre qualified or or at least say I'm interested in doing this. What do we do? Where do we go for the training and stuff? So mm-hmm. that information's out there. We should get it put together. And, we should do a show on that next week or yeah. whenever we yeah. got going on. The we midterms know. are up, coming in well, November. Well, not yeah. only that, or but what? there's uh, primaries coming up. Yep. Yeah. There's primary. <laughs> Even in Dubuque and Ward 4, there's 47 people running. Are you serious? (laughs) How many guys are running down there? There's got to be seven or eight people running down there. I think there's nine. Is it nine? I think it's nine now. Which is wonderful. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Which is wonderful. No doubt. But that's one ward. That's not at large. That's Ward 4 is the south end of Dubuque, right? Dubuque downtown and headed toward, what, Catfish Creek? I think that's Ward 4. Yeah. And they've got, do you say nine? Yes. Let's go with it. The other thing is, I and I just want to give a kudos to Ashley Henson. Boy, has she been out working, I mean, and getting involved in communities. I mean, I know you had a visit with mm-hmm. her and stuff. She was over at Clark College last week mm-hmm. and stuff. But she is making the rounds, and she's got a wonderful website that kind of shows where she's at and what she's doing and why she's there and things like that. So, I mean, I give her kudos. She's working, you know. Somebody in Washington. You said kudos, not cooties. <laughs> kudos. Yeah, exactly. So somebody in Washington is working. <laughs> so. Are there other elections coming up, like school board or board of supervisors? Or? Yeah, I think I'm seeing the, yard signs. So. Yeah. Uh, the, 
the primaries in there. I'm trying to remember who else is in a primary coming up for what's going on. But uh, oh, attorney, county attorney, county isn't that attorneys coming up. up. Uh, there's at least two people, as I know right now, running um, an independent and a Republican uh, against the Democratic in, uh, incumbent. Now, for count or for um, city council, you don't say your party. Is that the same for the other races? Not formally, right. But is that the same for the other races, like county attorney? No. Do we know? No, no. Uh, County elections are uh, partisan. They are. uh, City elections are supposedly not partisan. Let's just say that. Yeah. Right. But um, this kind of activity in Ward 4 is just wonderful, isn't it? You know, it is. If people are interested, they should put, throw their hat in the ring. And I saw an editorial from one of the local newspapers talking about, oh, the waste, uh, character is, I might get this wrong, but it was, you know, we've got too many primaries going on, or, you know, we could handle it in a different way. I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, I don't think we're here to save money for democracy. If it costs some money, in my opinion, to run a couple of primaries, and they're not cheap, not suggesting that, but so be it. Pay the bill. We, uh, we've spent a quarter million dollars trying to decide whether or not to expand five flags with no fewer than three consultant fees to do that. We can spend a few dollars on, uh, in my opinion, on uh, elections. Well, I told Biden not to send my pipe out just like so save that money. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, and now he's bringing up. The, the, nobody knows what you're talking about, Mark. Show Whoa. us your show us your crack pipe, will you? Yeah. Uh, what are you saying? Did you catch that, Colleen? Yeah. 30, what bill was that buried? Thirty million dollars for crack pipes. For crack pipes, he's going to send and help people out there. I'm just going like, wow. Okay. I'm the sorry. kinder, gentler America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the local level, I'm glad that people are throwing their hat in the ring. Let's get more local people involved. and The see more people we can get talking about the direction of what our uh, country is going and where we're at presently and, uh, and get some critical thinkers involved here because, boy, is that in short supply. I heard an interesting comment the other day. You guys probably heard it too, but the, the lady said, if there was one good thing that came out of COVID, it was that the homeschooling took off. The people, you know, they had to homeschool or we do it by, and and the parents found out what the kids were actually being taught, and what it. I mean, this. I mean, this thing is. You know, they're they're now people are digging in, going like, what is being taught here? That was never yeah. so much uh, exemplified as it was in virginia in the state of virginia yes in that gubernatorial race and in uh, you know because moms are sitting around here when kids are going to class in zoom yeah and um yeah all of a sudden they're saying wait a minute what's going on here and yeah and the one go ahead well i'm thinking of the governor or not the governor but the school district saying hey parents have no right to have a say in what their children are learning. That's our job. Yeah. Can you imagine the hubris? Yeah. Now, one of the country western singers, and I forget, I didn't recognize the name, but apparently his son goes to school, and I'm going to say maybe in Tennessee. Anyway, he saw what was in some of the books that he was bringing home, 
and he was outraged. And so he went to the school board and he was telling the school board that and he was going to read examples right out of the book and they wouldn't let him because it was inappropriate <laughs> in a room full of adults. So then he put these same phrases or paragraphs and he went to the governor's office. He got an appointment with the governor and he said, look at these phrases. What would you do if I said these to your kindergarten grandson? He said, I'd have you arrested. He said, well, that's what they're teaching the kids. So it's great to see these parents rising up and saying, oh, no, no more. Yeah. You don't get this kind of radio up and down the dial. You're listening to The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD, and we will be back right after this. We're back. We're back. If I hit the button, we're back, Mark. We're back. <laughs> this is the chatter segment three of episode 31. I got so many buttons, I don't know which ones I'm pushing. Here. Tom's lost control of this. Not that I ever had control to begin with here. So you got some col- uh, headlines, Colleen. I got to run this one back here. Uh, and um, so not everybody is aware of the, the sacraments all have matter and form. Uh, the matter and form for baptism is uh, the matter is water and the form is I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's a priest out in Arizona resigned um, Father Andres Arango resigned the 1st of February. He has been baptizing people by saying, we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy uh, Spirit. Now that might sound like a little thing, but that is not the correct form. And everyone who he has baptized has not been baptized. So anyway, this this is not the first time. We talked about this sometime mid-year last year, Colleen. There was another priest that did this. Now this priest in Arizona does this, and on February 21st, which is this morning, because we're recording on the 21st, there's a priest up in Michigan that's done the same thing, Father Matthew Hood. And I think it speaks to, so, so the implication here, two things it speaks to, but the implication is if you're not baptized, even if you have a valid uh, confirmation, you're not confirmed because you haven't been baptized yet. If you've been married or had holy orders, you're not doing it. I don't know about the uh, reception of the Eucharist and the uh, uh, reception of, of confession, but I think it speaks to this anything goes mentality that has been going on for years, this culture of I'm going to customize the liturgy, the sacraments, to my own being. You know, I, I, the priest in his exuberance or hubrance, I don't know which it is, the whole Catholic community is going to baptize you. That's not what's going on here. Right, because he's acting in the person of Christ, which is why it's important that he say, I baptize you, uh, not we. But it's really, I'm surprised at how much traction this story is getting on Catholic radio. Um, mm-hmm. Pat Madrid's talked about it a lot. I know some of the other... Drew Mariani's talking about it. Yeah, and it's like... 
thousands of people. I mean, I think it was over 20 years. And from what I can tell of the story, I, I think the guy really feels bad. Like, he didn't realize. You know, well, of course that, brings, does, up, that brings up a point, though. I'm sorry. If somebody's saying the wrong words, and for 20 years, nobody questions this? Nobody recognizes that this is not the proper well, think language? Think about it. Where did he learn it? In seminary. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if your child was, I mean, it's somewhere between lack of catechism on the part of the laity and... Uh, clericalism on the part of the clerics. You know, who, who of us has the internal intestinal fortitude to question their pastor? Well, and we've heard so many goofy things over the years. How do we know it's actually invalidating the sacrament? If you even catch, that's a small change. I baptize you, we baptize you. I mean, it goes by fast. Sure it does. Right, when you're talking. And maybe you had just turned to look at your other kid and see where they were. I mean, maybe... You know, I don't think that the lady are necessarily watching over every word that the priest utters. It's on the priest to know the formula. Well, I think what's happening is everybody with a VCR or a DVD player in the last 20, the old Betamax are coming out of the closet to see about great-grandson who was baptized 20 or 30 or, or more years ago. And, um, I mean, think about that. Yeah. Slow it down in slow motion. We baptize you. Oops. So, yep, so you can check your own child's or grandchild's baptism. Now, also, today, they do have the records, right? I mean, they have baptismal records. Right. So they would know everyone that he baptized. Sure. So they should be able to get in touch with them and say, come in for a do-over, right, but, Mulligan? But, but by our count, in the last six months, this is the third priest. I'm trying to remember who the first one was. But now we're here in Arizona, and we're back to Michigan with one. So there's at least three priests that we're aware of in the last six months scattered across various dioceses who have invalidly baptized mostly infants, but perhaps it was RCIA adults. Yeah, I think that first case that came out was because a man about to be ordained to the priesthood. Right. I think that was how either his parents were watching it or he was right, watching right. it. Like you said, Mark, you pull out, you know, they'd watch the... I think that was the first case of a priest that they said, wait a minute. And there are one or two seminarians that had to be rebaptized, reconfirmed, the whole bit. Um, it does have implications for your sacramental life. And now we've heard of Phoenix's... And then the Michigan guy. So at pull least that, three. Pull that Chicago story. I think this fall, Paul falls into the uh, anything goes kind of uh, liturgies that go. What, what were you just talking about? The uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone saw the um, story. I'm trying to pull up the quote here. Um, so it's in Inverness. Am I saying that right? Inverness. Inverness, a suburb of Chicago. Oh. So this is falling within the Archdiocese of Chicago. And it's a clip. You can watch it on YouTube. It's a clip. And it's the end of the Mass. And the priest is standing in the front, obviously. And he's he's got this guitar with him. Um, but not like he's playing it. Like he's holding it by the neck, right? And um, the clip starts out and he says... You know, may you rock with us as we roll with you. What did he just say? And he goes, he goes on to to kind of talk about this 
blessing and sing your song in us that we may sing it with others just as crazy talk and then at the end you know how at the end of mass the priest blesses you in the name of sure. the father he raises the guitar <laughs> over his head like it's a crucifix and he makes the sign of the cross over the congregation while he's saying in the name of the father and of the son six string or 12 string <laughs> guitar which one <laughs> Isn't that uh, amazing? Uh, no, it's no, sacrilegious. It's, oh, it, it is it's, sacrilegious, it's, I mean, but how, it's so blatant. I understand yeah. that, but you know, there's a bunch of people in there that probably applauded when he was finished. Well, I think they did. Well, they went to the band, right? So it must be like a parish that musicians love or something, because they cut to a picture of the I don't know twelve piece band up in front. You kind yeah. of like singing to the tune of Gilligan's Island, right? Kind of. Oh my. Kind of like that. So anyway, just some darn silliness going on. Good thing you didn't bless him in Latin or he'd be chastised. <laughs> you know, and we wonder why people are, are uh, they're not leaving the church. They're running from the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. That was in Chicago Archdiocese. <laughs> it's hard not to laugh. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Somebody better have a better headline here. I need an attitude adjustment because this is driving me crazy. I mean, so what laugh, did the Pope say come... today about, is there something that just came out about the Latin Mass thing? Or... Yeah. Did it break today? I thought there was something that was going to come out on Ash Wednesday. Oh, I thought it was maybe yesterday. So maybe we're all thinking of a different story. Um, the story that I heard was, you know, the there's a group of um, male religious priests, the FSSP, Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter. Right. Yeah. Uh, their seminary is just next door in Nebraska. And they say the Latin Mass. And, you know, the, uh, Francis has been cl- crushing the Latin Mass around the world. Well, he met with some uh, superiors in the FSSP for an hour or two. And the bottom line was he is letting them continue the Latin Mass. So that's kind of surprising. But he said that, um, that they may continue to do it. And he said it was because... They use those ancient liturgical books at the beginning of their existence, and they provided for that in their constitutions. So that's the reason he gave them. Um, so, so that was I thought good news, yeah, right? It was, I, you know. Now I don't know if that's the headline you're referring to about what the Pope well, there said. There was something about a, the 1962 missile. Mm-hmm. Missiles. That's okay. what they. Okay, yeah. that's what that was. Okay. I, I okay. think there's going to be more coming out here as we get toward Ash Wednesday, which is how many days, Colleen? Ten days. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Did we talk about the uh, top five issues Raymond Arroyo? released in 10 days ago and his world or over you did mention those last week when we had art galoon as a guest but i don't think it got we, the gravitas it needed so why don't you do them again so raymond arroyo is the host for 25 years of the world over it's on ewtn it's live thursday nights i think it's seven central we carry it three times live it's uh, thursday and then we've got it on saturday and sunday mornings although i think we're going to move that around to give it some better exposure on the weekend Colleen but he simply asked in light of going into the synod on synodality which still have I've I've got six people that called up in the last 10 days who are are just furious about the synod on the synodality I mean wondering what 
we're doing, why we need questions on that. Anyway, it's happening in Rome. It's going to happen in every diocese here in the country. Raymond says, send in the top five issues that people in the pew. So this is coming from near and wide from across the country and internationally it is the world over calling so it's his listening audience that watches his show around the world and he's asking his listeners to send in and that started what in about october so it was november december january so it got about 90 days mark of things coming in here what have you seen the top five mark no but i can fasten your seatbelts. Yeah. here's number one from the pews going to Raymond Arroyo's uh, from his listening audience. Number one, better Catholic teaching and evangelization. I can see that. Number two, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist and in the sacraments. Number three, marriage and the family and sanctity of life. And, you know, I think that one is really key because the uh, cell of society is the family and how the family goes, society goes. So I don't think we give nearly enough attention to the family, the importance of the family. Not at all. So that was a good one. Number four, vocations and the religious life. Now, Colleen, just what you talked about with marriage and the family and then vocations, what did our Blessed Mother say would be the final battle? She did tell Sister Lucia that the final battle between Satan and the church would be over marriage and the family. And the priesthood. And the priesthood. And the listeners accurately say, number three, marriage and the family and the sanctity of life. Of course, we had great reviews with our galoon last week and and Dubuque County Right to Life. Number four, vocations in the religious life. Here's number five. This is going to cause you to pause, I think. Number five, from the listeners of the World Over Show, hosted by Raymond Arroyo, preserving Catholic traditions and the traditional Latin Mass. Wow. Does that cause cause you to think? It really does when you consider how wide an audience he has. And he wasn't just polling those who go to the Latin Mass. Compare and contrast that to the questions you've seen floating around for synod on synodality. Yeah. 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 I heard a pro-lifer say the other day he saw the word poor in the survey four times and not once did he see the word unborn. Mm Mm-hmm. Think about that for a moment. Or I don't remember if the word marriage was in there or not. But that's telling. Yeah. That is telling. Mark, we got about four minutes before we've got to shoo off here, and Colleen has promised to torture us with, uh, with questions on, on the segment, the quiz show segment. Are you smarter than a heretic? <laughs> what do you got for us today, Colleen? <laughs> so this week, um, we've got a, a few apostles on the calendar. Uh, so in, we've got uh, the chair of St. Peter. Sure. Don't you think it's weird we have a feast for a chair? We don't have a feast for a table. Metaphorically speaking. Oh, I know. But when you teach 8th graders CCD, this is what you get back. Mm-hmm. What do you mean a chair? Yeah. So the feast of the chair of St. Peter. So, of course, number one apostle. And then um, on the old calendar, in effect, before um, Vatican II, on Thursday it would be St. Matthias. 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember that name as an apostle? He wasn't one of the original. No. Who was he? He was a draft choice. He was a draft choice. He went in the NFL draft. Who took Judas's place? Matthias. Matthias. Yeah. Yep. 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 So on the old calendar, his feast is coming up on Thursday the 24th. So in honor of the apostles that are being mentioned right now, I got a couple questions on apostles. Go All for right. it. <laughs> you know what? I want to know. Can you name the 12 apostles? That'd be a no. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Mark. Where's the old how, college how try? How was that, huh? Come on. Yeah. And you got to get yeah. more than the top four. Yeah, yeah. There were 12. Oh, you, got, you got Peter and his brother yeah. Andrew, James and his brother John, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, Simon, Jude, Bartholomew, Philip. Philip. How many we got? You got uh, three more to get. Well, Judas would have been one Judas, of the original. Judas, yeah. Judas. Two more. Did we get Simon. Yeah, you did. did. Ringo. <laughs> and Star. <laughs> I, I got Do you a, want a clue? It's it's in the uh, it's in Matthew and it's in uh, it's in Mark. Uh, it's 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 right on the tip of my cup. Do you want a clue? Peter, Peter, Andrew. Who's James, your namesake? John, Thomas. Well, Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas. I knew. I said Thomas. Hey. <laughs> I I was thinking Thomas. You were thinking Thomas. And then there's one more. He's not the greater, he's the less. Oh, James. There you go. Uh See, you guys could come up with them mostly. (laughs) Okay, and along with that, let's see. Since we're talking about lists, what are the seven sacraments? Baptism. Yep. Confirmation. Mm -hmm. Holy orders. Anointing of the sick. Marriage. One for us. I, I gotta I gotta break it down by category. By category. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I always break it down. Yeah. So it's the initiation, our baptism, yes. Eucharist, and confirmation. The sacraments of healing are uh, confession and extreme unction, holy uh, anointing of the sick, and then the uh, sacraments of election, which are holy matrimony and holy orders. I have to do it that way to figure it out. Very good. Very good. You win that. So speaking of seven, we just heard the seven sacraments. What are the seven capital sins? Jameson. (laughs) That would be under gluttony, right? (laughs) Oh, pride, envy, gluttony, sloth. Sloth. Uh, I just read those. Because I try to do all and, of them every Envy, day. pride, gluttony, sloth. You got those four. There's three left. I try to do one a day. <laughs> <laughs> Such restraint. <laughs> Colleen, you better help us out here. We're running out of clock. <laughs> Anger, lust, and covetousness. Oh, yeah. It's the old lust. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Those are my, those are my questions. Uh, we're well, out of time, yeah. so I would we'll, ask you about Lent, but we'll, we'll save that for We'll do that, that next, next week because we still have a show before uh, Ash Wednesday here. You're listening to The Chatter with Mark Hager and Colleen Pasnick. I'm Tom Oglesby, and we'll close with a prayer in the name of the Father, Father and the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the, to the Father and to the Son and to the, and to the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, as, as it, was it was in the, the beginning, beginning is now, and, and ever shall be. be. 
world without end. Amen. We're going to do the quiz at the beginning next week, so we're not all brained out by the time we get it here. <laughs> this is the Chatter Podcast on FM 98.3 KCRD. Keep listening. We love you.